we got a great show for you tonight. We got NASCAR modified legend Jerry Cook, NASCAR PM Pro Driver Kyle Vincent, and uh, late model driver Bobby Gower, who's been tearing up some local tracks. Uh, your hosts for tonight are going to be Hunter Thomas and Jason Beck. How about it, Hunter? Hey, how's it going, everyone? Man, it's good to get the uh, the new season underway. I know it's been underway for, uh, I guess, since uh, February, but uh, for local short track racing, it seems like it's just now starting to get good now. How you doing? That's great. I'm doing great tonight, and we've spent a lot of time at the short tracks this year covering everything on the fourth turn. We've also spent some time at the Cup Series tracks, so we've had a, had a pretty good season so far. Absolutely. And, I, uh, you know, if, if no one knows who Jason is, uh, Jason Beck has uh, been covering motorsports for uh, a lot longer than I have, and he actually uh, races uh, in various divisions, uh, either Charger or U-Car or whatever it may be. Uh, and as for me, uh, I guess y'all know me from uh, fourth term primarily in Dillon Motor Speedway doing PR. Um, both Jason and I were up at Charlotte Motor Speedway, and uh, we had a great time this past weekend. But uh, this show, this is actually going to be our first show that's um, going to be all about short track racing. Uh, you know, we've done this show plenty of times, talking about NASCAR, Sprint Cup Series, and, and all that. But uh, we're going to start a new series, I guess you could say, that's going to be strictly about local racing. And uh, tonight's the kickoff of that. I'm excited to get to talk to Jerry Cook. He's going to be our first guest, and Jerry is a short track legend, so there's no better way to kick off a short track show than to talk to a short track legend like Jerry. Absolutely. And, man, what a what a ride it's been for him, inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame this uh, uh, this past week. Uh, and you just can't start off a better show uh, with a Hall of Famer. And uh, that's Absolutely. just really neat that uh, NASCAR is able to recognize uh, those folks that, uh, you know, that aren't just in the Cup Series, the Extreme Series and Camping World, uh, but, you know, they're involved in the NASCAR home tracks as well. That's something I hope that NASCAR keeps doing. As, as important as it is to get guys like Curtis Turner and and some of these guys, Terry Labonte in there, I know there's a lot of short track drivers that never made it to Cup that are probably just as good or better drivers than those guys ever were. So, yeah, You know, the NASCAR Hall of Fame, I haven't, I haven't seen it myself. Uh, yeah, I've been to the Hall of Fame, but I haven't seen this um, display. But they have they're honoring the uh, NASCAR Home Track Champions, um, I believe, in the Hall of Fame. I want to say it's at the very, very top, um, not too far away from the Kelly Yarbrough, Donnie Allison cars um, that were crashed at Daytona. Um, I haven't seen that, but uh, you need to go to the NASCAR Hall of Fame whenever you get a chance. It is such an awesome place. And it honors everyone in the sport, from modified to late models to the big series uh, that we watch on TV every week. Certainly, that's something that a lot of people don't realize is that there's so many NASCAR license holders, not just these guys you see on TV, but at any short track in America. Most of these guys that are running even the mini stocks are NASCAR license holders on NASCAR tracks, so there's perks and benefits to that. Yeah, and uh, I guess uh, you know while we wait for uh, Jerry Cook um, – you know, Jason, just kind of talk about what it's like, uh, you know, to be a local short track driver and how how much it means for fans to come out and support you all on a weekly basis. Because, I mean, I don't know that aspect. All I know is the PR and the marketing side to it. 
Absolutely. Well, I don't remember. What is it Ricky Bobby's dad says? I'm an I'm a amateur race car driver and a professional tattoo artist or something. But, yeah, this, we're weekend warriors, and, and the biggest thrill for us isn't getting a check at the end of the night, obviously. It's kind of what you touch base on, getting to see the fans and interact with those guys on such a close level. It's it's a thrill. You know, I grew up as a little kid going to the racetrack, and during the races, it's a thrill to pull up there at the start-finish line and see kids hanging on the fence just like I was 27 years ago or however long it was when I was their age, but, but definitely you don't do it for the money. And, and we could talk to Bobby Gower about that a little bit later and you don't do it for the fame. You're just doing it for the love of the sport. So it's, that's what my heart and my passion really is in is the local short track scene. And we have uh, Jerry cook on the phone. Now uh, he competed from 1963 to 1982, 1474 starts, 342 wins, 26 poles, man, Jerry, that's uh that's, quite a resume for the NASCAR Hall of Fame, isn't it? Oh, it sure is. <laughs> we sit there now, we wonder how in the world we ever did all that. So <laughs> now, Jerry, that, was, that was that was at that time, <clears throat> I just heard you talking about weekly racing. That was all weekly racing at that, at that time in my life. Absolutely. <clears throat> now, I guess you spent most of your time uh, maybe in the New England area, you know, doing the, uh, the big modified um, uh, kind of talk about that and, uh, you know, just how it was back in the day and how you got to where you were in 1982. Okay, I can do that. Well, back in those days, every race counted in the points. If there was three tracks that ran races on a, on a Friday night, uh, depending on, you could go to any one of them and get points towards the championship, which was the national championship. Every race you ran counted towards it so needless to say you could pile up a lot of races you know in a week uh which we did of course and then of course there was some of them that were deemed championship races that paid more points than than what a a regular weekly show did so it was pretty much a given that you had to hit all the championship races and we did that too so absolutely and uh what was it like you know you know, back then you were racing because you loved it. You were racing probably providing for your family. But what was it like to get the phone call the other night that you're going to be alongside uh, of some of the biggest NASCAR Sprint Cup Series drivers ever? And, and then not only that, but correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Richie Evans is the only other NASCAR home track uh, driver in the Hall of Fame uh, currently. So you're number two uh, as far as I can remember. Remember. But uh, talk about that feeling whenever you got the uh, call the other night. Well, it was a little better than a phone call. I was sitting right there in front of Brian France when he read off my name. Uh, I was I was at the NASCAR Hall of Fame, so it was uh, it was like far out. Jerry, <laughs> <laughs> sure, I have a couple modified questions for you because I'm a I'm a modified lover. I grew up going to Bowman Gray Stadium watching races, so I kind of even though I'm a Southern boy, I get the modified thing. <laughs> And I understand the rivalry with Richie was, was huge back then. And if I'm not mistaken, you guys used to trick each other out which tracks you were going to so that you would um, be able to kind of go to the one and get the most points. Is that right? Uh, yes, sir. That is right. And it's like I told somebody the other day before they even started, I said, it's all true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because we both lived in the same town, and we were both after the same thing. And, and the tricky nights were the ones where it looked like it might rain in one place and not another. 
So you you know we uh, we did we sent a truck out of town, right down through the middle of town, headed the other direction, and go out there and make a swing around, and then head where we were going. So uh, we played all them games for sure because like I just said earlier, every race counted. And if you went someplace or didn't run that night, and the other guy did, he already had he had something up on you. So, uh, but that was then, and that that uh, that those days are long gone. But that was a rivalry that was in Rome, New York, to to never you know to never be done again. So, <clears throat> what is it going to take to get the modified series back on the map? I know you were the tour director for a long time, and. As, as, as great as it is now that we have TV coverage and stuff like that, it seems like the Modified Series is it's not really a developmental series right now, and it's also not really like a main series like the, the Big Three, but it's, it's, it's consistently the be- biggest, best racing, and it's consistently the most powerful and exciting car. So what is it really going to take to get these guys back on the map in NASCAR? Well, it's probably Modified because they are well-liked by a lot of people. Uh and they are a unique car. You're right. It's not a developmental series like the K&N series is the, with a car that's uh, pretty much like a, a cup car or Xfinity car or something like that. But uh, there are drivers that have run in the modified division that have gone on to success in the cup and, and other places along the way. Uh, but as far as where it's going to go, it's uh it's basically what in the northeast and that's probably where it is that's no doubt that's where it's the strongest uh they had the first two races one at thompson and stafford and had uh i don't know exactly but i think about 35 cars at each race and that's pretty strong these days so definitely but those guys as far as traveling halfway around the country that's probably not going to happen. They're just, uh, they're just not that that group that's going to do that. Gotcha. It's a shame though, because there's so many people missing out on such good racing with the modifieds. <laughs> well, that's for sure. I mean, here a few years ago, we tried. We uh, Clay Campbell is is the one, but we were both trying to make it work. We tried to get something going at Martinsville, and and just we tried afternoons we tried even brought lights in and run at night and different and we just couldn't bring in the crowd that it was going to take to support the race so um and martinsville was always strong back in the day heck i that was my home track i won a lot of races there even though i wasn't home (laughs) yeah now jerry is is there one moment of your career that that maybe you think uh got you to the hall of fame Is, is there any uh you know, obviously you've done a lot. Uh, I guess maybe the directing position uh, that that really sets you apart from everyone else. Uh, you know, in the tour. Well, there's there's no one moment in my life. It's uh, it's the way I explained it to somebody here more than one. It, it was my life was like a a cake, and the the first layer is all the championships, and the second layer was all the wins. Because a lot of those wins came at weekly tracks and different times and different things, and, and track championships is another layer, and state championships, and you can keep on going till you get to the very top. And the NASCAR Hall of Fame induction is the cherry on top of that big cake. Oh, so uh, what do you think your emotions are going to be whenever you finally 
you know, whenever they have the Hall of Fame, you'll shake a lot of hands, have have the uh, the dinner, and, and then uh, then you walk up to that stage with all those lights and all those cameras and all the people that have helped you along the way, and it's just, I'll tell you, that's going to be a magical moment. I, I've taken a lot of photographs at that event, but uh, I can only imagine what it's going to be like staying on stage. That uh, there's no doubt. I'm I'm really glad that it's a few months off because it gives gives me and everybody else time to plan for you know what we want to do and and of course the speeches and introductions and all of that. But that'll be that'll be it right there. That will be the ultimate uh, induction. You know, for me especially because I think like you said earlier, I'm one of very few. Well, me and Richie got in because of modified racing, weekly type racing. Uh, Jack Ingram, a lot of his was until the, it went to the Bush Series, you know. But but me and Richie, are just we got it. We didn't have the cup to get us in or anything else, so we got in through what we did. Was there ever a point in time that you thought about coming south and going cup racing? I know Richie had you know, said he'd make more money up north doing modifieds than he could have in the cup series at that time. And that is true with me also because you've got to remember, I've worked for NASCAR now for 33 years, so it's more than 33 years ago when we were racing, and, and the money part is true. I mean, there wasn't all the millions of dollars in the cup back then that there is now. And, and I looked at it the same way he did. I had a very good owner sponsor with Hollibrand Trucking, and, and he had DeWitt, and we were doing we were doing pretty darn good when you started looking at the numbers at the end of the year. Uh, and to give all that up and go south, uh, this didn't it, to the two of us it didn't make sense. So now if that was uh, now, that's a whole that might be a whole different thing to think about, but. But uh, that's you know that was then and this is now. So, well, I'll tell you, Jerry, uh, we certainly do appreciate you joining us tonight. Uh, you know, we don't want to hold any more of your time. But uh, is there any one last thing you want to say to the fans out there? And uh, hopefully, we can get you back on uh, after you get inducted, and maybe you can talk to us a little bit longer. You guys can call me and do something anytime you want. This is the ultimate thing in my whole life, really. You know. This is the very top. Uh, I can't even say that anymore, but it's already been far, far more than what I ever than what I ever thought. Between the phone calls, the emails, the texts, and everything else that's come around since last Wednesday, it's just unbelievable. And this weekend we got we got the Hall of Fame race at Bowman Gray Stadium, of which I raced there and won and won a number of races there too. Uh, but but I plan on being there Saturday night for that for that night also yeah uh, funny you say that because we have uh uh kyle benjamin coming up next and he's going to talk about that race so uh that's good, good transition there <laughs> that uh, well there's one of the smallest tracks and we put on some pretty di- they still do put on some good races but i mean we'd we'd go down there and run the 200 lappers and like that you know and and won a number of them so it was uh it was something different to go to the stadium Absolutely. Well, thank you, Jerry. Have a good night, and uh, we'll get you back on the show here real soon. Yeah, Thanks you can get with them and get me uh, whatever you got. I'm 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 up for anything. 
this is like the biggest thing in the world right now, and I'm and I'm on top of the world. So <laughs> awesome, man! Stay up there too. <laughs> okay. Have a good night. Yes, sir. Thank you. Bye. All right, everyone. That was uh, that was uh, quite a legend there that we were talking with. Um, now we are going to talk to two more drivers here tonight. Uh, you know, we have Kyle Benjamin in the K&N Series, and then Dylan Motor Speedway's uh, Bobby Gower, who has won the last three late model races in a row. But uh, we do want to take phone calls tonight. So give us a call at 646-668-8643. And uh, we'll get your phone calls as soon as we wrap up with these three drivers. Because, uh, remember, this show is all about short track drivers. But hang tight, and we'll be right back with Kyle Benjamin. We're back with the fourth turn radio, uh, our first edition, I guess you could say, of uh, local short track racing. Uh, we just had Hall of Famer Jerry Cook on the line. Now we're going to move into, uh, you know, a driver that uh, very well could be in the Hall of Fame one day. It's uh, Kyle Benjamin from Easley, South Carolina. Uh, so far this year, he's, he started all four NASCAR Can-In uh, races. He actually won at Bristol Motor Speedway uh, back in March. He has two top fives and three top tens. Uh, Kyle, how are you doing tonight? Good. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, man, you've had uh, quite a season here. Uh, kind of talk about how you uh, came into racing in the first place and how you ended up in the K&M series. Well, uh, I've, I've been racing for a long time, and it's been a big passion in my family, and we all love to do it. And we just decided, you know, we've, we've accomplished some stuff in the lower levels, and just, we decided to come up and get in the K&N series. And it's been working out pretty well for us. We're a family-owned team, and we've been doing pretty well. And we're looking to carry everything forward and to Bowman Gray. Now, now Kyle, you're, uh, you're sitting third in points right now uh, behind two very talented drivers. Uh, you're actually a Roush Fenway Racing uh, developmental driver, am I correct? Yeah, you're correct. Uh, talk about that. How did you get uh, set up with uh, RFR there? Uh, well, um, we pretty much got in contact with Roush and late model racing. We were having some strong finishes, and Eric Peterson, who's over the nationwide stuff, actually came to the track. And he kind of scouted us out, and he pretty much he just liked what I did behind the wheel, and he um, he decided to give me a chance. I'm really thankful for that. Uh, it's really hard to get that opportunity. I'm just glad that he picked me. That's Kyle Jason back here. Um, was going to ask you kind of what he was talking about. You know, you're the at one point in time. I think that this record was actually just broken by Todd Gillen. But at the time, you were the youngest ARCA driver to win ever win a race, and then you back that up with the K&N car at Bristol and won a race. What is it like for a young driver to be competing against all of these other drivers for just so few spots? There's only 43 cup spots, so you know it's one of those things where there's just a limited number of spots, and the competition's got to be huge, right? The competition is huge. I mean, unfortunately, more than talent comes into play there. Uh, you could be really talented and not make it up in there. It's a lot of luck, too. you got to be in the right place at the right time. It's just it's a really tough deal. What was it like? Sorry. What was it like whenever, you, um, whenever you, you, know, you went to Bristol Motor Speedway, uh, you went through that tunnel, and then uh, 
you know, you were in that big, uh, that bowl, I guess, with all these fans. What was it like uh, reaching victory lane that day uh, up in Bristol, Tennessee? It was really good because we were kind of, we weren't running how we thought we should have ran that year. And, you know, we're all, or this year, and we've been working really hard on the car to make gains. And I guess Bristol was our fourth race in. And we uh, we're, we were really strong at Bristol. Uh, and I think that it showed all the hard work was paying off, and it's a really big deal for our team to get that win. Jason? Well, we need to talk about Bowman Gray. I, like I just told Jerry a little while ago, I, I grew up going to Bowman Gray, and Bowman Gray is obviously a place where you can't be afraid to use the bumper and move somebody. So it brings up some racing ethics questions. Is it okay to use the bumper and stuff like that? What is your take on the bump and run, or in Bowman Gray's case, the spin out and win or whatever it is over there? Well, you definitely don't want to have to wreck anyone to win a race at any point, but uh, there's going to be a lot of wrecking going on at Bowman Gray for sure. You're going to have to use the bumper, I know that, but I really, I'm I'm not going to wreck anybody to win that race. I'll move them out of the way, but I'm not going to wreck anybody to do that. Have you, uh, I talked to you a little bit on uh, Sunday at the media center up at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Have you have you found anyone to give you a little, uh, I guess, uh, advice to get around Bowman Gray Stadium? Because, I mean, for, for folks that have never been there, Bowman Gray Stadium is, is a track around the football field. It, it's flat, and it may even have, I, I think someone said it may even have negative banking. So, I mean, it's uh, it's certainly uh, an animal of its own. It really is. It's it's, it's going to be a difficult place to get around. Uh, I feel like our cars can be pretty fast. I mean, it's tough to set up for something that you haven't done before because it's really it's a unique place, like you said almost negative banking is so small. It's really it's going to all be about how how well your car turns the center. Uh, I don't think Ford Bite's going to be an issue at that place. You're going to have to really protect the bottom also. If you get stuck on the outside, you're done there because you're just going to get way back in uh, in traffic. So it's going to be re- really, 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 really important that you stay on the bottom at that place, I guess. Definitely. And did you go test there this week? I know you were talking about possibly doing that. Uh, I think we're going to go up tomorrow and test. Uh, and I guess I think the race is Saturday, so we've got some time between the test and the race to kind of adjust on the car if you need to. Gotcha. Well, Cal, uh, how can people uh, get in touch with you, uh, you know, through Twitter, uh, a website maybe? Uh, uh, what about your sponsors? Um, we actually don't have any sponsors right now, but we're working really hard on that. And I have a good group of guys behind me trying to get um, some deals put together for us. Uh, but if anybody would like to help sponsor the car, I mean, we would uh, gladly take you and uh, have you on board. Just uh, contact us. You can really, you can tweet at me too, like uh, at Kyle Benjamin 71. Uh, you can also get me on Facebook at Kyle Benjamin, or you can just call me. Sorry, this is ahead, a chance please. to be on a winning car, Kevon. This is for any of the businesses that are listening. I mean, this is a chance to be on a winning car. This thing won at Bristol this year. This is a big deal, and Kyle's going to be probably. This is me speculating. We'll be in a Roush Nationwide or Xfinity car in the in the future. So this is a chance to really get your foot in the door with this kid. So hopefully, someone's listening that can do that. Now, Kyle, do you have any you know immediate plans to move up anywhere, or yeah, can you even say that? <laughs> Uh, well, we have plans to move up, but um, hopefully it's next year. We were told uh, by Roush, if I can just 
keep running well this season and keep winning like we did at um, Bristol and just keep doing that this year and hopefully get a championship. That's the main goal this year. we got to focus on this year before next year. But if we do everything we want to do this year, then they said I'd be in a nationwide car next year. So that's the that's what we're hoping for. Well, good deal. Uh, Jason, you have anything uh, for Kyle before we let him go? <laughs> Nothing else other than just when you get up to Bowman Gray, talk to Burt Myers or Tim Brown or somebody, and they'll tell you how it's done. I definitely will. That's a really good idea. Well, thanks for calling calling in tonight, Kyle, and uh, good luck. Um, I might be going up there. I might not. I'm not sure yet. But uh, if we do, we'll try to find you. And uh, uh, hopefully, uh, for our sake, you'll bring home the win. Actually, uh, before we let you go, uh, we tend to have good luck for drivers. Actually, um, you know, uh, every time Ben Rhodes came on our show, he ended up winning. So uh, maybe uh, we'll start the new trend for this year. I think even for the uh, – and then, I mean, I think Hunter, even for uh, what? We also Chris Busher on. Uh, oh yeah. A, a race or two before he got his first nationwide win. Yeah, so we have nationwide or Xfinity Series winners, K&N winners, and then actually uh, one of the Red Bull Global Rallycross drivers. Uh, we had Nelson PK on, and then I think next week he got the point lead. Uh, so uh, maybe we'll start a new trend for this year. <laughs> I hope so. I really appreciate you guys having me on. I hope you guys give me good luck for this weekend. Absolutely. Well, we'll talk to you later, um, Kyle. Good luck. Thank you, and thanks again. All right, everyone. That was Kyle Benjamin, uh, fantastic talent. Um, I've seen him personally race up at uh, Greenville Pickens Speedway earlier this year, as well as um, at Bristol Motor Speedway when he won. And I'll tell you, that was that was such a big moment when he won that race. Uh, because, like you said, that is a family-owned team, and he, he just won at Bristol. Um, fantastic facility there. And, uh, hey, he, he's a Carolina man. He, uh, he's from uh, Easley, South Carolina. Uh, this show is actually based out of, um, you know, the Darlington, Florence, Dillon area, the PD area of South Carolina. So um, we're very supportive of our fellow South Carolinians. Uh, well, Hunter, I'm up here in North Carolina. Let's start a little rivalry because I think you're cheering for the wrong Carolina, personally. But. Well, well, that's, uh, that's you know, most people have opinions and, and they suck. So, but no, <laughs> we, we love North Carolina. I spent heck, I think half the races I go to are in North Carolina, but um, there just haven't been too many South Carolinians, uh, I guess, that have made it in the sport um, as far as a driver goes. Because, I mean, yeah, Jeremy Clement is in the Xfinity Series. Uh, Danny Eflin uh, made it to the uh, Xfinity Series. Um, but, you know, besides uh, Ron Barfield and Florence and uh, Hal Gibson and Darlington, um, and then, of course, you know, you do have David Pearson. A couple of Hall of Famers, yeah, Pearson and Yarborough. Yeah, you do have David Pearson and Phil Yarborough. But, I mean, as far as the numbers go, it just isn't there for South Carolina. And uh, hopefully Kyle will help add to that. Uh, I guess you could call it a legacy with those with Pearson and Yarborough and, um, you know, the Hall of Fame. Uh, but you never know. But, you know, North Carolina is starting to get that way, too. Uh, you know, not too many North Carolinians are in the sport uh, for the drivers go on, you know, the big NASCAR stage. But uh, anyways, we – Yeah, right now, just Junior is the only one. Junior is the only cup driver for North Carolina Junior right and the Dillon boy. We do have – Right, and the Dillon boy, that's right, yeah. Hi, Dillon. Um, but we do that's want to right. take your phone calls tonight. So uh, call us at 646. Uh, six six eight eight six four three, and then uh, 
you know, we'll, we'll get your calls. And I uh, have uh, Bobby Gower uh, on the phone. Um, hey, Bobby, how you doing today? Good. How you guys doing? Doing great. Doing, doing great. Good. Man, uh, you're on a roll there. And, um, you know, Dillon Motor Speedway, you've won, I think, three races in a row. Uh, man, talk about all that success. Yeah, we started the season off pretty good. Um, we started racing late models four or five years ago, and we've been struggling with the cars ever since. And during the off season, or actually the end of last season, we decided to regroup a little bit and build a new car, and it's it's paid dividends so far. Good deal. Man. What's up? Oh, go ahead, Jason. Well, I was talking to you, Bobby. This is Jason Beck, and I was talking to you the first Dillon race. I was hanging out in your holler there before the race, and I believe you got the pole and, and finished maybe third, but then from then on, you've just been on a tear. I believe you've won at Wake County and, and maybe um, run well at a couple other tracks this year. So, I mean, what did that feel like to finally get that breakthrough? I mean, was it a huge monkey off your back? Oh, absolutely. Um, my dad told me after the first win, he said, now they come a little bit easier. And, uh I guess there's a whole lot of truth to that because we've won three in a row at Dillon, but we've we've won four out of the last five races. So um, it's it's just been it's been a heck of a season so far. Hopefully we can we can keep it rolling. Bobby, it's uh, Chris Neal. I'm uh, I'm up in the tower. I'm the one that does the scoring every weekend um, weekend for you. Uh, t- talk about that racing at Dillon. You know. It, uh, it, it looks like that um, that that second groove is really starting to come in, and you're able to do some side by side racing, especially in the late models. Yeah, you can run side by side a little while there. Um, it's kind of like most tracks you go to where these cars are so heavy. If you get on the top groove, you can stay there for a few laps, but you better be finding the bottom fairly soon after. You're going to start slipping back because the tires just can't handle it. You'll start heating the right side tires up and. They just start going away, and then the rest of the race you're going to be backpedaling. So. But Dillon's a fun racetrack. It's got character to it. I love running there just because of that. Um, there's other tracks that we go to that they're nice tracks, but they're just not quite as fun to drive. Uh, Dillon's pretty tough. Turns three and four are real tricky, and once you get your car handling there, which we've seen to do pretty good this year, um, it shows big time compared to the others. Got you. Um, you know, it's amazing to me that that Dillon has such two unique corners. I've been to a lot of different racetracks and driven on some of them, and the only thing I can even compare it to maybe is East Carolina, as far as having two different corners like that. It's, have you? Is there anything really that compares to Dillon short track wise? Um, yeah, the, you have Caraways pretty tricky. Uh, they're shaped fairly similar. Caraways straightaways are longer. Um, tracks quite a bit rougher, but uh. Turn one and two is fairly easy at Caraway, and three and four is kind of tight where you have to go in kind of high and cut the corner off, and turn four is real sharp. The wall comes at you pretty quick, and Dillon's fairly the same. So Wake County's kind of tricky, too. Their their corners are complete opposites. Um, turn one and two there is real tricky. Three and four is fairly easy. Um, when you go to Kenley, those two corners are different, but they're they're not as different as some of these other tracks like Dillon. Gotcha. And now they put a bounty on you at Dillon, right? So my understanding is you, you're gonna have some people gunning for you. Yeah, I got a bullseye on me now, so hopefully, uh, hopefully we can go down there and, and take care of that. Um, I hadn't talked to Ron very much about the bounty, but uh, 
I know it's a $500 bounty for anybody that can can win. Uh, not real sure what I get if I win. I hope I get the 500, but we'll see. Now that I got a bullseye on me, it's going to be tough. Was there a point in time that you ever thought you'd have a bounty on you? I mean, you've had some up and down times in the past couple of years, and now you're the kind of the top dog in limited late model racing. Yeah, I hadn't had a bounty in in late model racing. I did. Uh, I had quite a few go kart racing, um, so I know kind of how it works, and I also know how to rebuild stuff after you get a bounty put on you because most time you get stuff tore up. But uh, hopefully it doesn't happen like that with this. But it, it was a surprise. I, I knew something was coming because you have to, when you start winning races like this, everybody starts looking at you to begin with. But um, for the fan side of it, you, you need to have different people winning races here and there. So they had to do something to, to make it interesting. Well, the good news is about Dylan, from my understanding, they put a bounty on Ron Hall a couple of years ago. And my understanding, you have to finish on the lead lap in order for someone to collect the bounty. So I don't believe someone's going to be able to just wipe you out and take it, you know. Yeah, and the, and the guys that, that run down there, they're not really like that to begin with. And that's why I like running down there. Most of those guys that I know, they run me real clean. I've raced against several of them for a while now. Um, Tim Allensworth, him and I have raced together for three or four years. And we've run side-by-side side for numerous laps and never touched each other. Uh, so I got a lot of respect for him. And Randy Benson, I think he was a track champion down there last year. I got to know him this season, and he's a super nice guy. Um, and he's run me clean, too. So um, I, hopefully we won't have any issues. And I know we won't have them out of those two guys for sure. But I know there's some guys that are really wanting to win pretty bad. So you never know what happens when, when something like that comes up. Got you, Chris. I know we may or may not have lost Hunter. Do we need to let Bobby go? No, no. no we're good. No, we're, we're doing good. We're doing good. I was just, y'all had such a good conversation going. I just, <laughs> actually, what it was, I've been talking this whole time and I had it on mute. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. My wife tries to do that to me every day. <laughs> Bob, they got a little bit of different tire deal going, Ed Dillon, this year than, than they have in, in, uh, in years past where you got, uh, you get two, two, two fresh tires. How, how do you like that deal that they're doing this year? A lot. I've raced against. I raced on scuff tires for two or three years, and you really chase tires. When we went to Wake County the first race of the season. You get one new up there and three scuff, and we ended up finishing sixth that race. It was the first time I'd had that car there. We just chased tires all night. And then I went back the second time. We we regrouped at the shop and figured out what we needed to do and came back and actually won the, the next race. So scuff tires, to me, I, I just don't really care for them. I mean, if you're going to put a thirty or $40,000 race car on the track, you need to put something on there that can hold it. And scuff tires, to me, is just you, you, you can take the best car in the world out there and, and put two bad tires or three bad tires on it, and you'll go straight to the back and – you work too hard all week to be chasing stuff like that. And with the two new tires and then your scuffs that you get, once you race the race, the two new tires that you have become your scuffs. So you know what the tires have been through. You know what the sizes are. It's just a whole lot easier throughout the week to set your car up for what you know you have for that race. Yeah, it seems it like, like Rowan really did what the drivers wanted there. You know, I think they were calling for that last year. Yeah. Well, Ron, Ron's a racer. And he's always been a racer and always will be a racer, even though he, he claims he can't get in the car anymore, which I think is <laughs> questionable. But 
I know he can probably get in mine because I got a big boy seat too. Uh, but he knows what what's needed. Uh, unlike a lot of these promoters, not saying that they're bad promoters, but he's got, he's got a little bit different insight than than most. And he he looks after the racers and knows what we need, and he makes sure we have it. Well, it certainly, actually, uh, to, uh, it certainly seemed to equalize you guys a, a bit because, you know, watching just watching the qualifying times. I mean, it was like the first nine or the first nine or ten cars were within a couple of tenths of each other, and that's uh, that, that's a good bit of parity on a track like that. That makes for good racing, that's for sure. Absolutely. Definitely. I know. I know that there's never any monkey business going on at Dillon because I raced down there. But also with the scuffed tires, you get people who drivers who may not be running good are always going to be looking for excuses and a lot of times you know at some of the tracks i've been to they've claimed that someone was getting better tires or this that and the other and i think a lot of that goes out the window when you're buying new ones so that's another thing that people don't have to worry about the promoters can kind of get that off their backs too well it definitely equalizes it definitely equalizes it excuses go out the window huh? <laughs> yeah for the most part i mean i've heard some excuses this past week i heard some guys saying certain things but I mean, it's, that's how it is. I've never complained about any driver winning a race, but I guess I guess it comes around sometimes. But we got some good cars down there, and, I, and I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm going to win every race this year because it's, it's not going to happen, I don't think. But that's definitely my goal uh, is to win every race down there. But it's going to be a tough road to hoe. What motor package are you running? I'm just curious if you don't mind me asking. It's a Chevy-built motor, late-mile stock-built okay. motor. It's interesting the way Dylan's got it set up. I mean, they've got four different motors, and they're all pretty equally competitive, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, your setups are different. Last year, we had to run a 350 carburetor on a built motor down there. And with my particular package, the 350 carburetor makes it fairly tough to drive from the center off. And with the 450, even though it's a bigger carburetor, um, we have to weigh 100 pounds more than the 350, so I'm giving up 100 pounds but it makes the car so much more drivable and it takes a lot of the torque out of the engine until halfway down the straightaway which then your power helps you instead of hurts you um so the car is just so much easier to drive compared to last year and some of these other tracks we go to we have to run the 350 and it's a, a completely different car when you do that gotcha well i'll tell you bobby uh thanks for joining us here tonight now obviously sponsorship is, is just huge for uh, racing in general, but really the uh, local racers like yourself, uh, how can someone get in contact with you uh, if they think these uh, three wins are worth their money, uh, which I, <laughs> I believe they are? <laughs> I have a Facebook page, obviously Bobby Gower, and then I'm on Twitter at BAGower17, um, so they can reach me at either one of those places. Um, they can look my companies up and contact me through those, uh, Cleveland Auto Spa and Clayton Auto Spa. Um, I'm, I'm able to be reached through both of those, um, and they're online. The phone numbers are online, so I would definitely approach somebody on sponsorships and, and discuss it with them because we we need all we can get. Yeah, and absolutely. And for everyone out there listening, you know, if you if any of our guests interest you, you know, email us, and uh, we'll try to get you in contact with them because we need to see local racing, you know, continue to grow. Um, because that's where it all starts. I mean, any just about any uh, NASCAR driver that you see now uh, came through Dillon Motor Speedway in particular 
uh, you know, through lake models or super lake models. And, and they do so throughout the East Coast and, and New England and all over the country. But, um, you know, that's, that's something uh, we really need to tap into and help these guys out with. But uh, thanks for joining us, Bobby. And um, we look forward to seeing you uh, on the show again. Appreciate it, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks a lot, Bobby. Thanks, Bobby. Thank you. Have a good night. All right, everyone. Uh, remember, call us at 646-668-8643. Um, up next, we'll have uh, William Haney, uh, a driver that races both at uh, Dillon Motor Speedway and Florence Motor Speedway. So uh, we'll be right back and uh, hold up. All right, everyone, we're back on air. Uh, remember to call us at 646-668-8643. It doesn't matter if you're a driver, a fan, a promoter, uh, someone's mother, father, niece, uncle, whatever it may be. Uh, give us a shout, and uh, we'll try to get you on here. But up next, uh, we have William Haney, uh, and he's the man with the plan over in Darlington. Uh, how you doing tonight, William? <clears throat> hey, it's going pretty good. How you guys doing tonight? Doing pretty good, pretty good, man. What what have you been up to here lately? Oh, uh, we we took we're taking a week off from racing. Um, just trying to regroup a little bit. We've been going pretty steady at it this year. Um, I hadn't had a time to really um thank the guys that sponsor us. We got a uh, Domino's Pizza and our law firm and and Medicap Pharmacy out of Darlington, South Carolina. Uh, Goodson Self Service Gas Station or Full Service. My bad. I'm nervous. This is hard. But uh, anyways, uh, we've we've had a pretty good season so far. Um, I think we've been the last two races we led the most laps on the high side of other cars and came up short in the end due to getting a bit tired or whatever. But um, a lot of clean racing this year. We hadn't had anybody trying to bully us around and um, <clears throat> hadn't torn up a whole lot of stuff. So anytime it goes like that, you can stay out there in the top two. It, it keeps it kind of fun. Um. But uh, anyways, it's, it's it's been pretty good, man. I, I know this radio show is generating a lot of um interest. I've had a lot of people inbox me on Facebook today about it and calling me. So I'm trying to spread the word. Um, I think you keep it towards some of the local guys and you know with some of these late model racers and and charger four cylinder street stock guys can get out there and and kind of thank the crews and stuff. It, it it'd probably be a really really good thing, you know. Absolutely, that's the whole plan of this show. Uh, yeah, man, I think there's a lot of people pumped up about it. Uh, I imagine by the time we get a whole lot of this crew on here and let things calm down, it might get a little bit, a little bit rough. But it's all good, man. You know how that stuff comes and goes. Hey, hey, well, William, I raced with you, and I raced with you, and you're like Jimmy Spencer. You're Mr. Excitement of, of Dylan and Florence. I loved racing with you, and, and last year we had some fun times in Charger. Tell the fans who are listening a little bit about your um, airplane ride there. I was running behind you once last year, and you launched over top of the car, and I think I saw uh, the bottom of your exhaust somewhere of, over my windshield. What what happened there? Man, um, me and another guy got down in the corner on a restart. I thought the first restart was good enough, and they bust them back up again, and that's like shocking a bull with a darn prod or whatever. <laughs> you get everybody pumped up for another restart when the first one was good, and Made a contact with a guy, um, and uh, as close as I come to turning over in about ten years, it got it got quiet. You know, when the car gets up there, it gets quiet. Usually, uh, <laughs> when it gets quiet, it's a hard landing. But I mean, it all worked out. It was just a racing deal. Um, 
there's a lot going on at all the local short track, uh, Chimmersville, Dillon, Myrtle Beach. Um, there's, I mean, it's really where the grassroots racing is going on is where you're going to see the most excitement. Um, and you might see a little bit of, a little bit more than, you know, excitement more one way, you know, a little bit of temper flaring, but I mean, it's, um, I think it's a good thing. It's, it's a good place to be as any racetrack versus, I don't know. I can't compare it to anything. I just I think racing is a good deal all the way around the board for kids and family and whatever you know. You know, <laughs> you know yeah, this, this Chris, uh, you know I'm, I'm up in the tower every every uh, Saturday night scoring. Uh oh. Uh oh. You know, um, you know, I man, I, I got one of the best seats in the house and and love. Love watching it, but you know, you, you like you're talking about it being a family place. Um, every weekend, I've got one or the other of my older sons that sits beside me. Yeah, and they're, they're they're seven and eight years old, and they bring the trophies down to you guys in Victory Lane. And it's one of those places where I know as long as those kids are at that racetrack, that they're safe. Nobody's going to do anything yeah. to. Um, they can oh, run yeah, around. that's the best environment they can be in. It's a uh, good environment, and, and they I'll love take it. All the rest of- yeah, man, all the directors love to see the kids out. They like to come around and get in the cars and and look and talk. And I mean, that's I think it's a really good thing versus them doing anything else. And I um, grew up around it too. The excitement of it, you know. I mean, people get carrying on about the fighting and the and the some of that stuff that goes on at the racetrack. But when I was a little kid, I was a WWF fan, and it's exciting. I'm sorry, but that's what racing needs, and that's what like Bowman Gray has twenty some thousand people going. It's because people are excited about what's going on on the racetrack. So there's something to be said for for being emotional and, and keeping things exciting. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's best to try to keep it on a down low because I mean it's not a good you know that's not a good light you want to shine on anybody but everybody's going to lose the cool once in a while except for me of course I never trip out but um <laughs> but uh I don't know well, um well I'll tell you William uh, one thing that that just another good thing about short track racing is is uh, the hardcore racing I guess and uh, the other night uh, I think it was about two or three weeks ago. You and Brian Owens went head-to-head for 10 laps or so, and y'all didn't touch each other, and it came down to just about a photo finish, man. What, as a driver, what do you do in a situation like that? Man, when you get hung on the high side at Dillon, you really just got to try to keep your pace and charge the corner a little bit harder than the other man and um, just keep him down there. If, if you can hold him down, you, don't, you only hope is you can keep him down there long enough for him to, to burn his tires off. Um, and then clear him. But, I mean, if I'd have been in Brian's shoes, I'd probably spun me out <laughs> because I know I was annoying him. I was trying to keep him down there, and he had a little bit faster car than I did. Uh, but he raced me real clean, man, and, and the same thing with little Ricky over there at Timmonsville last week. Um, I led the most laps on the high side of him, and he beat me there with two to go. He finally cleared me. And uh, then again, I mean, if I was in his shoes, I'd probably spun me out too. But, I mean, a lot of these younger guys, man, you learn from them. Um, they haven't been racing that long. Uh, they they showing a lot of patience where you know some other people don't. And, and in the end, if you if you can show patience, patience, you have a lot more fun at the end of the day. Um, you you just you come out with a better outlook, even win, lose, or draw. You know, I mean, I, I was glad I got beat the last two times I raced. Them guys earned it, man. They they raced it clean and and hard and. That's what it's all about. You know, I, I'm not all about running over somebody here. 
if I can help it, but um, I don't know. All in all, I think everybody in most older divisions, everything's pretty calm right now. Um, I'm sure there'll be a few more flare-ups here and there before the years up at every racetrack. I mean, this is natural. Hey, the season's just getting started. <laughs> uh-huh. And, uh, and like with our car, I mean, we do everything in-house, man. We got like Freddie Welford that keeps up the keeps up with the motor program and my buddy Randy Kenzie and his son Blaine and um the little cousin Harry, I don't even know his real name, he's he's real Harry, so we call him Harry. And uh we we just I mean these guys if it was I mean we don't we we're we're kinda like if we do everything in house so we know what we got and caster camber bump, steer, scaling um, keeping up with spring rates, checking springs. That people don't realize how much goes into just keeping any race car competitive. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, I mean, it's a it's a full time. I mean, it's a part time, full time job in a way. You know. Definitely, I do know. I, I learned the hard way last year when I moved up to Charger. It was definitely tough to keep up with you guys. I understand what goes into it. And like yep. you said, the average fan just doesn't. They just go out there on Saturday night and pull yeah. their cars off the trailer every week, and it's not like yeah. that. Yeah, that's the farthest thing from the truth, man. But, uh, Jason, I believe you have a fast piece this year. I mean, I know what happened with Beasley there when the car got totaled out. I witnessed it. Um, it didn't look good. I said, dang, on. Jason's going to have to get another Believe it or not, I'm, um, well, I'm, I'll move back to four-cylinder. I got me another four-cylinder car, and I'm going to show up next week, next race at Dillon with it. Um, I decided to, to kind of scale back money-wise this year. So I sold the Charger yeah. car, and, and I'm going to see if I can't give J.R. Moore a run for his money. Man, I see where little kid's running now. He's got a fast piece. I'm a little young guy. He drives good on his family's been around racing. I've been racing with him since 1995 or 1996. He's got a good little group of leaders there. His family's pretty big into it. Um, they know what's going on, you know. Definitely. I'm proud of him. The, you know, he was the most popular driver at Dillon last year, too, so definitely proud of him and what he's been able to do this year. Yeah, right, yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty cool people, man. All right, William, thanks for joining us here tonight. Um, and how can someone get in touch with you if they want to sponsor you? And also, you have a lawn care business. How can they uh, get a part of that if they uh, they live in the PD area of South Carolina? Yeah, it's um, five and a half, six days a week. We got four people humping, doing it all the time, including myself. Um, it's uh, I I'm passionate about it. I love doing it. I mean, I've, I've been doing it for 13 years, and I don't feel like I have a real job because every day I leave the house, it's not like I'm going to work. It's like I'm going to do what I want to do which is probably a blessing in a way versus being stuck in a plant and you hating punching that clock and running the machine for 12 hours a day. But I don't know. Life's pretty good right now. Um, got to keep on digging with it and get back over to Timberville and win. Trying to beat little Ricky in that 17 in two weeks, which is probably going to be tough, you know. Well, good luck with that. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll get you on the show. Uh, heck, maybe next week. Give us a call next week and uh, we'll get you on. And uh, we appreciate you joining us tonight. Okay, man. Y'all have a good night. All right. Thanks, Okay. Later. All right. Great to hear from uh, Great to hear from William. Always enjoy watching him him race. Um, man, we had had some uh, pretty good racing at uh, Dillon this weekend. You guys were up in Charlotte, um, and and uh, various other areas having a good time. Um, so 
it was. Uh, yeah, I went to Fayetteville and Charlotte last last weekend. I went to Fayetteville Friday night and then Charlotte on Sunday. <laughs> um, always a fun time in Fayetteville, and uh, man, I hated that I that I couldn't make it up to Charlotte. But um, you know, like like we just mentioned, J.R. Moore he got him another win at uh, at Dillon in the four cylinders. Um, Emory Herring finished second. Steve Lawfers moved up from uh, Mini Cup. He finished eighth. Um, Andy Norton kind of struggled yesterday um, and uh, finished fourth, or uh, Saturday, I'm sorry, finished fourth. Uh, Randy Montgomery finished fifth. Jake Fitzgerald finished sixth. Travis Altman finished seventh. And uh, Shannon Ward in the 68 um, rounded out the uh, the stock fours. Um, I'll tell you, how about, um, I saw a little bit of video from that super truck race, and man, Brian Blackwell really put it on them. Uh, you know, Clay Thomas came in second, Kevin Parsons third, Hal Gibson fourth, and then Terry Lawrence in fifth. But man, that looked like one heck of a race there. Chris. Yeah, it did. It wasn't, um, you know, Clay, uh, uh, Hal qualified on the pole, and, and uh, Clay qualified outside pole. And uh, Hal's tough in the trucks, uh, he's tough wherever he runs. And uh, nine times out of ten, he comes out on top. But this weekend, um, you know, Brian had his number. And um, they, uh, it, it, I'll tell you what, it's really nice. You know, you, you look at that top, that top four drivers there in that super truck, Brian Blackwell, Clay Thomas, Kevin Parsons, and Hal Goodson. And, and just think about how many years of experience local short track racing that you've got right there. And those guys put on good clean show they weren't roughing each other up they weren't grinding on each other they just got out there and raced absolutely i went down to their first race of the year at myrtle beach speedway and uh man how gibson led every lap but uh clay thomas was he was right on him putting the bumper to him going into the corners but uh, they both respected each other how gibson won i don't know if he's still the point leader um after finishing fourth but i'll tell you there's a uh, just like the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, man, I think the Super Trucks just they just put on a better show than than a lot of other series out there. Yeah, I don't yeah. understand it. I don't know if it's the aerodynamics of the trucks or if it's just the, like you said the experience and the drivers. But you're right, the trucks consistently put on a good show every week. Maybe it's because they take up a little more room or something that just looks better. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and again, we talked to Bobby Gower. He won the late model race in Dillon. Um, and uh, Randy Benson finished second. Tim Allensworth uh, knocking on that door. I'm sure he's going to get him a win soon, pretty soon. Justin Hicks finished fourth, and uh, B.J. Mackey finished finished fifth. Uh, B.J. ran fast again. Um, I, man, I expect to see him in victory lane soon at Dillon. Heck yeah, B.J.'s been racing for years, and it's cool to see him come to Dillon. You know, he's been, I guess, a caraway driver, and he drove for um, the William Barber team, and and they run all the big races at the beginning of the year, at the end of the year, usually like the late late model races of Martinsville and stuff. So you're starting to see some real top-level talent show up at Dillon now. Yeah, uh, especially, you know, we talked with Bobby about, um, about the tire deal. I think that's bringing a lot of these late model guys in. Um, because you have a a much you you have a much better expectation of your tires, um, and and, it's, and and it pays off to be there every weekend because, like I said, the the tires that you're racing this week are two brand new tires, and then two scuffs that you ran on the last race. 
So, um, you know, it, it pays, it, it behooves you to be at every race because then you'll know what, you won't just have to draw a set of scuffs and a, and a set of news. You'll, you'll have some scuffs that you know. Um, but yeah, they're, they're drawing, uh, drawing some talent into race. I'm sure okay. the word spreads. It'll get, I mean, they've come more late models at, at Dillon last week than they did at Southern, at, um, South Boston. And then, you know, that's amazing to me. Yeah, Dillon has, uh, I mean, we've had, you know, almost 20 late models, I think, every week we break this year. Um, I mean, it's just been a stat, uh field. And not only that, but the guys have really been respecting each other. You know, I wasn't there this past weekend, so I don't know what happened. But, um, you know, I think we've had a couple races that may have even gone caution-free, and yet we still have a 17-car field. And, and for those who have never been to Dillon Motor Speedway, it's kind of like a hybrid between Bristol and Darlington. I mean, it's that tough. Uh, the two corners are different from each other, uh, but at the same time, it's like a big bowl. And you're looking down on it like We actually got finished early because, um, you know, I mean, the guys were racing clean. There weren't, we didn't have a lot of cautions. Um, I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was a lot of good racing and, and not a lot of tearing up of equipment. Uh, Ricky Locklear Jr. won the uh, street stock race. Uh, A.J. Hyatt finished second. Rick. Rick Sr., Ricky's daddy, finished third. Sonny Chauvin, who uh, won the Concord Mass race the night before, finished fourth. And Ron Flynn finished uh, finished fifth. Uh, Ricky, I was really glad to see Ricky get in victory lane. Um, he finished seventh in the Mass race at Concord. Now, I think he was kind of bummed out about it. They felt like they they uh, were going to do a little bit better than they did. But uh, he, he redeemed himself. Um, on Saturday and, and uh, got into victory lane at Dillon. I've raced against a lot of people. I'll be honest. I don't know that there's a better driver that I've run against than Ricky Jr., man. He he can win in anything. I think you put him in about any car and he's going to be up running it. Well, he's you know he's got where he's, he's racing uh, mini cups when they're there. He's racing street stocks. I know he's gotten in some Charger cars. Um, right. So, he won the Charger race at Timmonsville. Last, last race. Yeah. Um, and speaking of the Charger race, Brian Owens came home first. Ben, ben Watford ran a, ran a good race. He finished second. Dale Driggers, um, who's done a lot of racing at uh, Timmonsville, I believe, says I think that was one of his first uh, first races um, at Dillon. He finished third. Wayne Locklear finished fourth. And uh, Jimmy Miller finished uh, fifth. I'll tell you, that's uh, Brian Owens' second win in a row, I believe, uh, his first win came with when we were talking to William Haney when they raced side by side for, for really almost the whole feature. Um, so that's I, I believe that's two wins in a row for uh, Ryan Owens. To, uh, one uh, more and it's bounty time. I hate this yeah. stuff up, but I think one more and we're gonna have to put the bounty on him. <laughs> I tell you, it's, it's gonna be tough. Ben Watford's real, real strong, and then uh, you know if William Haney comes back. Uh, man, that just adds. Adds to the fire as well. So I mean, if they put the bounty on him, I believe there's going to be a number twelve car show up too. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason, Jason Calhoun, and that that number twelve, uh, charge car. So Chris, what else? What else we got for results? Are, are we going to touch base on any other local tracks, or what, what we got going on? I, I think that was about all that. Um, about all that we had. But most everybody was off over the weekend. You had Charlotte. You had the big race. So most of the local stuff are all. Gotcha. I know Fayetteville ran. They had the big um, Ricky Bowen Memorial race. I know um, 
I went on Friday night, and it was really just qualifying heats and trophy dashes, but um, they put on some pretty good racing. And then for the big feature race, I believe on on Saturday they had 23, 24 late models. So they had a pretty good car count because because Dublin was off. But that was the dirt racing up in this area this weekend. I believe Russell Irwin won. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, this has been a uh, this has certainly been a great show. Um, you know, whatever any of y'all are doing, uh, you know, go out and support your local racetrack. Um, you know, there, there's always a race somewhere. You know, it may not be uh, it may not be the closest track in the world, but you know, an hour or two that's worth a good uh, you know a good finish. Anyways, uh, you know, my suggestion. Uh, I think we're running uh, go karts out at Dillon Motor Speedway. Um, this weekend, so I, I believe that's on Saturday and Sunday. Um, so come out to that if you're in the PD area. And then, uh, you know, if, if you really want to see the best race that you may ever see in your life, you need to go to Bowman Gray Stadium on Saturday because it's uh, that place is just a trip. It's the uh, NASCAR Hall of Fame 150, uh, the NASCAR K&M Series East. Um, you need to be there because it's uh, – it's going to be quite a show. Yeah, I know we're not allowed to be biased, but if you're going, you might as well cheer for Kyle Benjamin if you don't know anything else about the Canaan series. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, hey, if he wins, it makes us look uh, look really good. And and also, folks, uh, you know, be sure to you know call us next time and uh, let us know uh, who you're pulling for, or or if you had some kind of conflict or something, let us know what's going on. Uh, you know, we can only cover so many tracks, uh, but we need your help. To, to uh, get the word out, and also be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Fourth Turn, and uh, we'll certainly see y'all uh, next week. Hopefully, we'll make this a tradition. Sounds like a winner, guys. We'll uh, we'll talk to you next weekend. Thank you very much for having us. All right.